Friends, it is Thursday morning. I had to really think about that this morning. Quite a stretch to reach in the old brain there and uh, drag out what day it is today. But it is Thursday already. This week has flown right by. So much to do. So very much to do. Uh, and, but it's all good. And uh, we're grateful. Uh, Sorry, I missed you yesterday. We had puppies, only four though, uh, very small litter. We typically had eight or nine in a litter, and so a very small litter, uh, which creates create some concerns, but we didn't really begin that. And the process began late in the night, but we didn't start having puppies until about 4 a.m. And it takes a few hours at least to get through that process uh, and then taking care, making sure everybody's good and all. So but good to be back with you. Uh, we all live real lives, do we not? Hey, out of the gate this morning, as I get started talking, uh, 
in the book of Acts, it, it speaks about one of the endearing features of the early church was how they cared for each other, how they met each other's needs. Uh, and I know that there are some folks uh, in our uh, listening uh, family who have some some real needs right now, and I'm not going to go into specifics and details of those needs, um, but there, there are there are a few that have some some real true needs going on uh, that, that could use the assistance of the body of Christ. And uh, you might say, hey, I love people. Uh, I love Jesus. I'm generous. Uh, I, I want to help out. You can go to veracitychapel.com and click on the giving link. And once you get over into the giving page, there's a place that says benevolence. Just make sure that that, that is the category selected and you can make a gift there. Uh, and if you would be so kind as to uh, just message me that that you made a gift, that's I don't need to know amount or anything like that, but that you made a gift, uh, we'll know that the intent of that gift is is to pass on to a few folks that that have some uh, some significant need going on right now. It's a way for us to help, a way for you to help. So if that's something that uh, the Lord would put upon your heart to do. Uh, I would encourage you to to take that step and to do that. Uh, we are on. Uh, we are on. We are in the book of Ephesians. We're in the fourth chapter. Uh, I, I'm working very slowly through uh, a section of verses right now because, again, there is so much there. There was a lot in the doctrinal section. The first three chapters of the book of Ephesians heavily doctrinal foundational. Some people go, doctrine, schmoctrine. What do we need that for? Let's be practical. Well, if we don't have our foundation right, the whole thing crumbles. And so uh, it was so important to have those uh, that, that foundation established that Paul built uh, in the first three chapters. And now in the last three chapters, he is highly practical uh, in terms of helping the body of Christ think through how it's supposed to live with one another. Yesterday, we wrapped up talking about the fact that we all have gifts that we've been given uh, to, to bless the body of Christ. Also, we talked about the fact that God gave some people as gifts to the church, uh, those who would be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. There it is in verse 11. Uh, and not that I, I think all that about myself, but as a teacher, pastor, apostle, uh, in the sense of, of always having the burden for the advancement of the kingdom of Christ, uh, and, and having a significant number of my years involved uh, far beyond the scope of my local church, uh, I would say that that is also, if you take the APEST test that we talked about yesterday, uh, A-P-E-S-T, test. You Google that. It'll bring it up. Alan Hirsch. We talked about him yesterday. Uh, all for the building up of the body of Christ that we would come to maturity. Now, some would say, well, it's all about evangelism. Well, it talks about evangelists here in verse four, but evangelism is just one of the five pieces. People need to be instructed uh, that that is the role of the teacher. Uh, people need sometimes to be confronted. That is the role of the prophet. People need sometimes to be cared for. That is the role of the pastor. Uh, they need sometimes to be led uh, 
for the expansion of the kingdom. That is the role of the apostle. So by definition, and again, I'm not saying I think I'm all that. In that sense, I would be classified as a gift to the church with the gifts that God has given to me. But then you look at verse 12, and we talked about this again yesterday. The whole point of those five-fold offices is to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Uh, you, you are to be prepared, uh, those that are a part of the body of Christ, those that are in Christ, to be prepared for works of service. Now, that might be works of service in the organization of the institution of the church. Uh, that might be for works of service uh, in, in some other ministry endeavor out beyond the local church, out in community, out in the broader world, uh, mission service. It, it might be prepared for uh, works of service that you would know how to be a, an evangelist as a business owner, that you would know how to be an evangelist as, uh, as a uh, as a leader that you would know how to be an evangelist as uh, an employee, um, that you would know how to perform works of service, acts of service uh, for those in the broader community. But notice what it says. It doesn't say so that the world can be reached. It says so that the body of Christ may be built up. Now, some would say built up, and that's in verse 12 right there, built up the idea of um, numeric growth. Now, I have people who push back on me about we shouldn't be all wrapped up in numbers. Well, um, friends, I, I just I want to let you know that uh, the book of Acts records numbers. Jesus speaks about being fruitful in numerous places in the New Testament, in the parable of the sower and the soils. A numeric uh, measure is given when it says uh, some, some brought forth fruit, some 30, some 60, some 100-fold. So, so there are metrics. There are measures. And for those friends of mine who say, well, we shouldn't get all wrapped up, I, I agree, don't get wrapped up in that. But it is a factor. Uh, if, if we're not concerned to see people reach for Christ, if we're not concerned to see the body of Christ grow quantitatively, then I, I think we're missing something of the vision of the heart of God. That, and that is a deep conviction that I have. I believe it's a strongly biblical conviction beyond that of, well, it doesn't matter. We just need to be faithful. Faithful to what? You know, I, I need to be faithful teaching the Word of God, but but I also need to be faithful at, at helping us think through how do you reach people for Christ and how do we grow people? I mean, I'm also equally concerned. Think about n- numerics and numbers. You know, if we start offering uh, deeper theological education here, uh, you know, how many people participate? Again, there is a metric. There is a number. What is the purpose of all of these things? Verse 12 tells us, so that the body of Christ might be built up. But then in verse 13, he goes on further and quantifies what, not quantifies, qualifies, let's use that word, qualifies what he means until we all reach unity of faith, so that we're built up so that we reach unity in the faith, that we have the same vision for the things of God, that we have the same understanding of the things of God and, and what God is trying to do in our world, and, and we want to be part of that. So, you know, so the body of Christ might be built up. That isn't just a, a quantitative numeric thing, but now we're talking about a qualitative aspect, our qualities, unity in the faith, 
that we would also be growing in the knowledge of the Son of God. I mean, sometimes we'll bring people to the starting blocks, put them in the blocks, tell them now you're a Christian, but never fire the the, the rifle or the the gun to get them off and running. Um, we leave them right there in the starting blocks, and there's the whole race of the entirety of the Christian life that a new believer needs to live, and we need to help them grow in the knowledge of the Son of God. And so we ask ourselves, what is our own knowledge base of the Son of God? How well do we know Jesus? If someone were to ask you the question, who is Jesus, what would you say? What would your answer be? Um, Are you prepared to answer that? Uh, And frankly, there is only one right answer, uh, and I'm not being narrow. I mean, uh, there's only one right answer about who I am. Now, I'm complex. There's no doubt about that. Those of you who know me well can know just how complex. Um, Christ is complex. Christ is deep. Christ is wide. Christ is high. There is so much of him to continue growing into. And in verse 13 says that we are to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of that uh of that fullness of Christ. So we we grow in unity, we grow in faith, we grow in the knowledge of the Son of God and thus become mature with the end goal that we would attain the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, to become like Christ. That is the goal, that we would become like Christ. So I, I just throw that out to you there this morning to, to think about, I mean, how much like Christ are we? Are we becoming more like Christ? Did the things that matter to Christ matter to us? And hopefully they do. Uh, Paul goes on further in this passage, and he says, then as we grow into that unity, verse 13, as we grow into that knowledge, verse 13, as we become verse, as we become mature, verse 13, as we attain to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, verse 13, then then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. We learn to speak the truth in love. Now, I've talked about this some before on this broadcast, we'll come back into verse 15, verse 16, uh, what it means here. But but verse 14, then you no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. Let me put this in the New Living Translation to see uh, what insights we might gather. Uh, instead, uh, verse 14, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever so clever they sound like the truth. Friends, the reality is uh, good deceit is hard to see. Some of us think, well, we can see deceit a mile away. Well, good deceit, no, you can't. Good deceit, uh, it, it's like the sleight of hand, the sleight of tongue. Right? You, you can't see it. Our, our arch enemy, Satan, is the master of deceit. Uh, and Jesus himself would go on and say that uh, the the works of the evil one in the last days will be so deceitful that even the very elect would be deceived. 
that we would not be able to see um, this this clever sounding truth and and it's out there. Uh, it's been out there. It evolves. We think that the old message of of the gospel needs spiced up somehow. No, it needs proclaimed with passion. Uh, it, it needs prayed over with with impunity. It needs it, it needs us to uh, be fully committed to it. That that is what is required. Uh, not not spicing up the gospel. Now now I want to say this. I've listened to boring preachers. In fact, perhaps times I've been a boring teacher. I don't know. Um, could be true that I've been boring along the way. But there are those who who just, I mean, it is like cardboard every single week. Brother, learn to speak with passion and convictions on the things of Christ. Uh, learn learn to, I, 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 will, I will give this to... Uh, and you don't have to be Pentecostal to to do this necessarily. I wouldn't equate uh, a guy like uh, Tony Evans necessarily as a Pentecostal. Um, he comes from the black culture, uh, and they they have some vim and some vigor in their presentation. Uh, but uh, a while back on the National Day of Prayer, we we had a gathering, and and a dear brother from a local church uh, stood up, was the first one to pray. Uh, at this gathering as a pastor, and oh my, the fervency in the prayer by uh, by brother, fair brother, uh, was was invigorating. Uh, and sometimes we're just mumbling our little prayers. Don't even understand what I'm saying, but there was passion in the prayer, and there needs to be passion in the prayers. There needs to be passion in the pe- preaching. There needs to be passion at the pulpit. There needs to be passion in the pews. All those places, there needs to be passion so that we will not be influenced by all those who would seek to trick us. Now, I want to go over to the message and see how Eugene Peterson paraphrases this section. Uh, Here it is, verse 14. No prolonged Infancies among us, please, will not tolerate babes in the woods, small children who are an easy mark for imposters. No. Does God want us to grow up to know the whole truth and tell it in love like Christ in everything? We take our lead from Christ, who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us, nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God, robust in love. Now, that is Eugene Peterson in the message, his paraphrase for us. I'm going to go back to the NIV 84. That's where I typically work from. But do not be caught by every wind of teaching. Uh, And there is all kinds of new teaching that takes place out there. There, there is grave lying teaching that, that takes place out there. Go, let's go lie over the graves, and and that's strange teaching, friends. Yet, uh, this this particular teacher is uh, popular uh, in many circles. Their music is highly popular, uh, and frankly, some of their music, much of their music, is is really really good. Um, but people get deceived in, into looking for something different than what the gospel itself. 
holds out for us. Um, all kinds of new teachings. There were teachings in Paul's day, teachings that what matters is only the spiritual because Christ was spiritual. Christ, when he resurrected, what the disciples saw wasn't really uh, the, the, the physically resurrected body of Christ. It was it was an emanation. It was a spirit form that they saw, uh, and that was a popular teaching in their day. But if Christ was not physically resurrected that we could touch, that we could handle then how do we know that any of this is anything but hublub? No. He said to Thomas, reach out your hand. Put your finger right here in the wounds in my hand. Put your hand into my side. See that I'm real. See that I'm flesh. See that I'm blood. But one of the one of the teachings that Paul had to thwart in his day was the teaching that uh, the, the body of Christ resurrected was not a physical body, rather a spiritual body, and that changes the whole argument about resurrection power and what it brings to us. Other deceitful teachings, teachings that, you know, if you give to God 10 bucks, he's going to give you tenfold. Doesn't mean he's going to give you 100 bucks. That's what some have said. When some who always camp on key words uh, every time, every message you ever listen to, it always goes back to, to the key words, and the key words aren't Jesus, the key words aren't Holy Spirit, the key words aren't Bible, um, the key words aren't gospel, but the key words relate to God's blessing only upon you, uh, watch out, it might just be false teaching. And there are a, a number of what many of us believe are false teachers uh, because their gospel seems to go beyond the gospel that Christ proclaimed and that Paul proclaimed. And, and some, the false teaching is they add things to it. Well, if, if you're really a Christian, you know, to, to demonstrate you're really a Christian, then you have to do X, Y, or Z. If you don't do X, Y, or Z, then we don't have any reason to believe you're a Christian. I think there should be fruit. I think that uh, there should be an evidence of the fact that one is a Christian. But those who begin to add, pile other things on top, uh, to make one a Christian. Listen, you become a Christian by faith alone, by the grace of God alone. That is what makes you a Christian. And if that is legit and if that is real in your life, then you're going to begin to grow and become like Christ and desire the things of God. He goes on and says this. I mean, we'll no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is Christ. So speaking the truth in love. Uh, there are people who will tell you, just I just tell it like it is. And even the way they say that they tell it like it is, you don't hear much love in what they're saying. It's the people who don't tell you that they're going to tell it like it is, who tell it like it is, but do it with gentleness and do it with, with concern uh, and do it with the view of how can we make this good for both of us? How can we make this something that glorifies Christ? I would tell you that that is speaking the truth in love. We, By and large, as humans, we do lousy at receiving the truth in love. We don't receive it well at all. 
someone speaks the truth to us in love and they don't say, I'm going I'm to tell you like it is. They don't say that at all, but they, they tell us something that maybe we need to hear. And one of the most common uh, responses is for our defense mechanisms to kick into gear. Uh, and those defense mechanisms will do things like uh, cause us to deny, to project, to... Um, to defend, and, and we see all these things. Uh, uh, you know, we turn the tables on the other person. We, we don't receive, uh, we become passive-aggressive. Uh, we sulk, we pout, uh, we become angry. We, we do all these things when what we need to do is to hear the truth in love. Uh, we, we just, we don't hear it well. We don't speak it well often because we don't, hear it well often and that's that's a reason why a lot of times we won't speak into somebody's life because we have so oftentimes experienced people responding negatively as the truth is spoken so instead speaking the truth in love we will in all things grow up into him who is the head that is christ we are to grow up into him to become like him and then it says in verse 16 from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Each part has a part to do. And uh, when each part doesn't do its part, it weakens the whole. Now, we are an organized church. We are a church built with structure. I'm not talking the physical building but the structure of, of being an organization. And when each part doesn't do its work, it suffers. Uh, it suffers in, in, in uh, an area like children's workers. When, when people have made church such a convenience factor that they cannot be committed uh, to, to being an aide or being a teacher, uh, the part, the body suffers. Um, when, uh, it would, here would be an, an experiment, an experience we could have would be to just on a Sunday morning start taking away all the different musicians on the stage one person at a time uh, until you get down to nothing but the congregation singing. That might sound good. It might sound bad. It might all come apart. Or it's like you know when, when one person doesn't show up, I mean, the, the body suffers. And what sometimes people like me will do is run around, how are we going to fix it? Maybe we need to let the body suffer a little bit to realize how important each part is. We're joined and held together by Christ. Uh, it talks about every supporting ligament. I mean, there are bones. There, there are people like Gary Sheldon, who I would call a skeletal a skeletal part of the, uh, and I was going to say aspect, or a part of of. A church like ours, I mean, the frame on which things are built, and we need to see more frames raised up that that just carry it all, and uh, Gary was one of those types of people. Dear brother here in the life of our local church. Um, but then there are those connecting ligaments, those that network things together, those that hold things together. Every single part is important. You might think, well, I'm not that important. Sister, brother, yes, you are. Your your words of encouragement to another person are important. Your your greeting to another person is important. Your 
Your card of inspiration and encouragement is important. Uh, your your preparation of the coffee uh, is important. All these things are important. And uh, I just want to encourage you that every single part must do its part. My role, a role of, uh, of those in, in pastoral ministry like I am in, which, which, as I talked about yesterday, ends up absorbing all five aspects of the fivefold ministry that was up in verse 11, which, which actually we're not wired to do. But to see the body uh, built up, see the body learning to speak the truth in love, to, to see the body learning to hear the truth in love and respond to it well, uh, to see the body uh, where each part does its part uh, in, in loving, joyful fashion, that's exactly what it is that we need to do. Now, there is another verse. I just want to hearken to this verse a little bit further down. There's verse 15 that speaks about speaking the truth in love. Uh, and then if we go down to verse 25, verse 25 says, Therefore you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one God, uh, of one body. And so to learn to, to speak the truth, to, to not speak the falsehoods, but to speak truthfully to his neighbors, for we are one body, and in that way, then the body will grow. We will we will get back to that verse again. I, I think hopefully tomorrow as we'll, we'll continue to work our way through chapter four. But learning to grow, learning to support, learning to encourage, learning to help, learning to uh, to do our part, whatever that part might be, uh, and do it joyfully uh, unto Christ. Do it joyfully so that our fellow brothers and sisters can be built up. Well, yesterday I gave a challenge, uh, since I was not online, of uh, maybe reading through chapter four a time or two, uh, and or four, and looking for the question, answering the question, what is God teaching me from this chapter that I would teach to somebody else? Just curious if, if uh, some of you took that uh, that to heart uh, and uh, made that application, went after that, did that. Uh, just curious about it. And uh, I'll give you a moment or two here in the comments. I will pray. And if if you did something, fantastic. And maybe you did far more than you can write. That's fantastic too. Um, but give you the chance to answer that if, if you took that to heart in lieu of a broadcast uh, yesterday. So, Lord, I do just come before you this morning. I thank you for the friends who gather here together. It's my prayer that you help us to grow up into Christ in all fullness. Help us to learn how to receive the truth spoken to us. Help us to learn how to speak the truth to one another. Help us to learn how to be people who don't recoil when someone speaks into our lives. Lord, rather help us to grow up into maturity in Christ. May people see Jesus in us, Lord. Cause yourself just to simply drip out of our lives that we would glorify you. Lord, we do pray for what's going on in our world. We pray for our country. We pray for our world. Uh, Lord, things need to change. People need to be brought to Christ. Ultimately, beyond everything, people need to be brought to Christ. So, Lord, it's our prayer that people would come to Christ and that Christians would live like Christians, 
uh, and that uh, the body of Christ would be built up in that way. Lord, for those who hurt in Ukraine, Ukrainians, give them your comfort, give them your aid, give them your hope. Lord, end this war, we pray. Lord, we ask all these things this morning in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Lord, hear our prayer. Well, friends, that's a wrap for this morning. I'm going to get you off into your day. Encourage you to have a fantastic day. I will see you tomorrow.